trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another week of the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. As always, I'm your host, Viper, and today we are going to be talking about the uh, much-loved Sega Superstar series. And um, it's a crossover series that changes in game format slash style every single time it seems to come out with the exception of uh, you know the last show I apologize obviously for cutting off get to the top because I know obviously all of you love that song so so much but I don't really have to, an awful lot to say in the intro I'm probably gonna you know speak a bit more obviously after the um, first few songs but it's time that we get it's time that we became stars not just ordinary stars the superstars because today on the Top Resort, we'll be taking a look at the Sega Superstar series. Superstars! 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 Superstars!
Welcome back to the Top Gun Resort right here on Radio Sega and this is the proper introduction because as always I'm your host Green Vaporate and it's Friday, 7 o'clock, all that sort of stuff and it's your one and only discussion show obviously to talk about discussion related things I know right, that's strange but as previously mentioned today we're going to be talking about the Sega Superstar series which currently spans over four games however it could be five soon, who knows but what you just heard there was from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing that was so much more the main theme of the game as obviously done by Bentley Jones, rather excellent singer, I must say. And before that, from Sega Superstars, that was the main theme. A theme which, rather criminally, we don't actually have on Radio Sega. I have, however, you know, um, I have uploaded it, and it's currently awaiting approval, and same with a lot of the music we're going to be playing today. Quite a lot of it actually isn't on the 24-7, so I will try and hopefully get that changed, because there are some fantastic tunes in this series. And it's criminal, you know, they're not on the 24-7. Uh, Jamie says, turn that crappy tennis music off. Thing is, you can call it crappy, but all you're doing is calling Richard Jakes crappy, so, um... Say that as you will, I guess, Jamie. You can't really, you know, deny Richard Jakes, aka, obviously, the finest of all Sega composers. Anyway, um... So what's this series about, since we didn't really get into that earlier? Mainly the Sega Superstar series swaps between games. The first game stop was an iToy game, for those of you who don't know what the iToy is. The iToy was a add-on camera device for the PlayStation 2 that basically tracked your movements and allowed you to play games with um, a camera. Where have we heard that one before? <clears throat> the Kinect. Obviously, I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I think the iToy actually works better than the Kinect, and it costed a lot less than the Kinect and came out earlier, almost 10 years earlier than the Kinect and it's better and cheaper. Oh dear. Um, I actually got the game in the big box with the iToy for £1. No regrets because, you know. Also fun fact, that box has sat on my desk for almost every episode of Topical Resort. It's currently sitting in front of me. I'm staring at it. It looks awesome. But yeah, after that, um, the concept of the series changed up quite a bit because the series traded hands because the Sega Superstars was developed by Sonic Team, but the series swapped hands for the next for the next uh, instalment in the series, which was done by Sumo Digital, who went on to make Sega Superstars Tennis, and that's obviously the game you're hearing right now. But Sega Superstars Tennis was obviously a tennis game, you know, completely different to just the camera-based, Sega-based game of the first Sega Superstars. It's a pretty good game. You know, it's a bit, like, quirky in some places. Not, like, the good kind of quirky, but, you know, like, the sort of... The sort of... Eh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And you've also got, um... After that, two years later, Sumo Digital went to work on Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, which is actually my favourite one in the series. I have 300 hours in that, no regrets at all. And then after that they went on to work on Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform, which I think is a lot of people's favourites. Fundamentally it's the best working game, but I still prefer the original karting. So yeah, it basically switched to a kart racing series after Sega Superstars Tennis. But obviously, you know, it's they haven't made a game since 2012, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they're not going to make another game, because I imagine Sumo Digital would still be interested in making another game. But as to whether it be a kart racing game or, you know, 
perhaps something else. They've hinted like a shooter in the past, which if you do it like paintballs and stuff could work, except we now live in an age with Splatoon, which is basically the same thing, so you know, it probably people probably called it a clone of that. Then you've also got, um, that was a joke, but I'm going to mention it anyway. You've obviously got All-Star Soccer, the, uh, obviously the abbreviation of that is ASS. That was made up by, um, the lovely Kevin Eva, who totally wasn't behind, uh, the Swell, the Swell Wars of 2016. We'll forget they happened, basically. But, aside from that, I think. Uh, we're going to obviously check in the chat, so who have we got today? We have got Jamie, we have got I.I. and that's it. <laughs> we, earlier on we saw Lost Impact and The King and Skyblaze, but currently they are not here. Or at least chatting, if anyone is also lurking. Hello to you. In case you can't tell, I'm a bit all over the place during this episode. I'm just like, ugh. Don't... It's a bit difficult to talk about the series, because, you know, it doesn't have like one set gameplay style. You can't just go... Oh, the series is a turn-based RPG. No, because it isn't. You know, every game has a different thing they have to sort of categorise. That's why it's difficult. Because you, that's why it's difficult because you just can't talk about it as a whole series. But I think we're going to get into more music now. You know, stop the yabbering and all that stuff and play some excellent music. So, speaking of uh, Richard De Richard Jake's absolute bliss, we're going to be listening to um, one of his songs from Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. Because it was actually multiple songs just combined into one. And um, I don't really hear any sort of love for this, but um, we're going to be listening to the Front End Mega Mix, which is all of the um, sort of menu themes combined into one, which we have here on Radio Sega for you to listen to. But yeah, we're going to be listening to the Front End Mega Mix from Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, right here on the Topical Resort.
Up next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. Tasty History. Welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. We just heard there was from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, that was Carnaval. And before that from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, that was the Front End Mega Mix, a Radio Sega exclusive mashup. Or I think it's Radio Sega exclusive. A mashup of all the menu themes thrown throughout the game. Some very underrated tracks in there in my opinion. And also, Lost Impact, aka Ancient Ancient Light, has just joined us in the Discord server. How are you doing today? And um, aside from that, we need to get into Hasty History. And for those of you who don't know what Hasty History is, we go through the history of something relating to the topic of the episode, whether that be a game, a franchise, a series character, you know, any of those things. And we just go through the history as quick as possible, so why don't we get on with it for the Sega Superstar series. So, it was first released on October 22nd, 2004 in Europe. Yes, a game that was actually released first in Europe. I was as shocked as you when I found that out. Especially since it was it was developed by Sonic Team. Because, you know, the, ge- oh, the game was developed in Japan by Sonic Team. And surprisingly, the game was produced by Yuji Naka. That surprised me too, because, you know, I, I would have thought he wouldn't have worked on a game like this, you know, a motion-controlled game that's on an obscure PS2 add-on, but, you know, there we go. It uses the iToy Peripheral, a gesture recognition camera released for the PS2 around 2004 as well. Uh, the game is a minigame collection controlled using your body. One thing I didn't really like about the iToy is how it shows you on screen all the time, like there's no option. The Kinect, like Sonic Freeriders had an option to turn off that, so meaning like you could still play the game but you wouldn't appear on screen. But the iToy has no option for that, which is very annoying because I have actually thought about streaming it in the past, but that would also mean having myself on constant view at all time. Anyway, back to this. Um, This one will probably make you laugh. The game was created since not many games used the iToy at the time, and Sega thought that having their familiar first party lineup would help the PS2 to live longer. You know, uh, the PS2, the console that lasted for 14 years, the last game released on it was PES 14, Pro Evolution Soccer 14, it was only discontinued 3 years ago. And Sega in 2004, 10 years before it was discontinued, thinks, you know what's really going to help the console to live longer? Our first party lineup, that of which was so impressive, they crashed the console. You know, I'm not saying that Sega has bad first party games, but (laughs) just think about it. It Your own console crashed due to the game choice, and you're trying to make another console live longer through your game choice. Think about that. And um, it features many different characters from many different Sega franchises and the game was successful enough to get a sequel, although almost everything about it was completely different. Uh, 
Jamie has posted something and also Skyblaze has made an introduction. What is up? And uh, Jamie says, Sega Superstars was the first time Billy Hatcher appeared on a non-Nintendo platform, not including PC. I honestly didn't know Billy Hatcher was in this game. Because, and then I just checked the box and I'm like, oh yeah, Billy Hatcher is, you know, on, on there. I didn't know that. That is quite an interesting fact. I should have probably wrote that down. But the first appearance of Billy Hatcher on a non-Sega console is interesting. So aside from that, obviously we now have the request resort. And for those of you who don't know how to request, it's quite simple. All you need to do is go to radiosega.net and there will be a blog post for this show. And that will show you all the list of games you can possibly request. As for me, I'm going to grab that list myself because I will need that in a second. So let me just grab this for you in the meantime. There aren't really that many games on the list today, but that's because it's a rather small series. So I, you know, sort of, um, you know, try to bundle it up as much as possible. Uh, Skyblaze says the that iToy Sega thing was actually quite fun. The i uh, the iToy was a pretty fun idea. However, I I don't know. I, it feels more novelty to me than anything. And novelty isn't especially bad, but novelty doesn't mean longevity in the case of consoles. It's... I don't know, it's a fun... it's a fun little accessory. Fun for short bursts, not fun, you know, for like 12 hour long marathons, but if you can get it cheap I'd recommend you pick it up for a good laugh. So, um, I'm going to read out the list of games eligible for the Request Resort today. So we have Sega Superstars, which only has one song which we've already played, so I may as well just not included that one. Um, Sega Superstars Tennis, Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, and Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing for the Nintendo DS, because it has a different soundtrack. All these games are eligible for the Request Resort, which, you know, you can send me through many places. You can send me a request through Twitter, at Radio Sega, at Topical Resort, or at The Green Vaporate. You can send it to us on Facebook, at Radio Sega. You can send it to us on Discord, radiose.gf4/discord. And you can send it to me on my email, topicalresort at gmail.com. All those places, you know, to be able to get it in right there. So, um, I need to actually take another picture of it, because I deleted it. Whoops. And then we'll just put this up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Ancient Light says, what about All-Stars Soccer? We've already made that... We've already made that joke on um, here already. All-Stars Soccer was an April Fool's joke, but obviously, you know, it stands for ass. Uh, hang on, I have a good picture for this, actually. That I will post in the Discord now. Um, where's my chow memes? I haven't used this folder in a long time. Um, there it is. Uh, Jamie says, do all the Sega Superstars games seem to be lacking tracks on Radio Sega? Yes, but I, as I said earlier, I have been uploading them, and hopefully they'll be added to the 24-7 itself soon. Right, we're, mi we're missing the main theme from the original Superstars, we're missing one or two tracks from Tennis, which are exclusive. We're missing like all of the menu themes for All-Stars Racing. You know, we're missing quite a few things, but I have them in my personal music collection, so I have added them to the list. But in the meantime, while we wait for requests, I will post a tweet. So it is time for keyboard sounds to intensify. You know, if I was an excellent multitasker, obviously I would 
be able to do both of these at once, but obviously that doesn't work, so enjoy the silence. And then I add the image, wherever that is, I think I forgot to save it again for the third time. One day I will get this right, I honestly swear I will. This show is all over the place today, I sincerely apologise for those of you who are expecting, you know, class, elegance, all that sort of stuff, because you should know, when you come to the topical resort, you do not get any of that. You just get what you're given. Um, which one is it? I think it's this one. Yeah, okay, it is that one. I spelt four wrong because I'm I'm smart. And post that. So, if you have anything you know that you'd like to get in for a request, obviously you can send it in during the music block. But for now, I'm actually going to get on with said music block. So, one thing I'd also like to say. My own music selection will be limited to, you know, new songs from the games, i.e. menu themes or songs that were exclusive to that game that were made specifically for it. However, for the request resort, you can send in any music from the game, so, you know, all, um, both, Sega, all three, Sega Superstars, Sega Superstars Tennis and Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, reuse music from other games. And for your requests, if you would like to request those music from, that music from other games, go right ahead, you know, be my guest and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, we're going to start the request resort segment with a track from Afterburner Climax, as requested by Electric Boogaloo. This is Vertical Hot Air, right here on Radio Sega. Request Resort.
And welcome back to the Topical Resort on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Sonic and All-Stars Racing, Transformed. That was Adder's Lair. Uh, come on. Alright. Please, Radio DJ, work! Adder's Lair, Wilderness, Total Village 1 from Golden Axe. And for that, from Sonic and... Oh, no, before that, from Shadow the Hedgehog. That was... I'm getting in a complete mess right now. Okay, um, Adderslayer was requested by uh, obviously you know Jamie six four three two six because it was Golden Axe, of course it was. And before that, from Shadow the Hedgehog, we had Cosmic Fall, which appeared in uh, Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing in the DLC Egg Hanger stage. That was requested by J. No, it was obviously requested by Lost Impact, aka Ancient Life. I keep forgetting the name Ancient Life. I always just automatically say Lost Impact. And before that, from Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed, that was Galactic Parade, Starlight Carnival Act 2 Sonic Colors, as requested by Skyblaze42. And the very first track of the block from Afterburner Climax, which appeared in the Afterburner stage on Sega Superstars Tennis, that was Vertical Hot Air, as requested by Electric Boogaloo. In the chat, the obligatory um, PS2 vs Dreamcast Wars has somehow started up, and... Um, it's not even an argument at this point, is it? No, it's not. Because, you know, if you're a Sega fan and you prefer the PS2, why? That's the only question I have for you. And um, the PSX has come up, which was the Japanese exclusive PlayStation 2, which had a built-in hard drive and a DVD recorder, and a bunch of other stuff. It was also the first appearance of the XMBC, which is the operating, or the uh, sort of interface for the PSP, and the PS3, which they then scrapped for the Vita and the PS4 for some reason, despite the fact that it's better than both of those interfaces, in my opinion. And then you also have um, the fact that pretty much no PSX is actually in working order, because most of them just broke down and died. What a shame. You know, the PS2 died. I, I won't miss it. Um, Ancient Light says, should I change my username back to Lost Impact? Uh, I, I don't know, just everyone seems to know you Lost Impact, it's the same with me, which is why, you know, I said I called you Lost Impact. Uh, Doan2300 says, at least I can play DVDs, I've been having trouble with doing that on Windows 10 for ages, till VLC started randomly working. Um, VLC and DVD drives on Windows 10 are a bit of a pain. That's all I can say, I had issues with mine on my old computer hey, a while ago, but I haven't had that issue since. Uh, Jamie says, I'm a Sega fan who prefers Nintendo. Right, okay, um... Right-click. Do I kick or do I ban? Hmm... Uh, ban is very tempting, but I'm gonna... No, of course I'm not. Um, anyway, I, the reason I'm rambling is because we don't actually have anything lined up for this segment, because this is the segment where I talk about the games on the request resort list, and give a little mini-review. You know, whether I think you should play them, or whether I think they're good, or whether I think they're bad, or the music's good, or the music's bad. I just give you, like, a little mini-review rather than a, you know, full-sized review or anything like that. So, um, first up on our list is Sega Superstars, which I've already given a mini-sort of review. Um, it's very fun, you know, very fun to play with friends. It's, it's a party game sort of thing, meaning, you know, it's not going to be much fun on your own. It's not going to be much fun on your own, it's also, you know... Not going to be fun for long periods of time, but you know, short bursts with friends. You know, all of you perhaps gathering round your favourite intoxicant of choice, or you know, not. You just round with some friends. Obviously, it'll be a very fun time then. But I can't. I can't say I'd really, you know, 
fully recommend it if you're just playing on your own, you know, at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, on a Wednesday afternoon. I wouldn't recommend that, but you know, with some friends it's a pretty fun time. Um, if I had to give the game a rating, it's 3.5 out of 10. You know, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with it, it's just a very sort of novelty game. And when the motion controls don't work, it's a bit annoying. But the music is also reused, so I can't I can't really rank the music because the soundtrack is reused from past games with the exception of the main theme which we played you at the beginning of the show. Uh, Sega Superstars Tennis. I didn't really give a review on this one. In fact, I've barely even talked about this one in comparison to the others. Sega Superstars Tennis. As a tennis game, it's okay. You know, it doesn't feel like as precise as anything like... Virtua Tennis or the Top Spin series or anything like that. As you know, obviously Ravsi could probably tell you, but he's not here right now. Um, yeah, it it has a sort of like loose control feel to it. It doesn't feel like one-on-one -on -one with tennis, but I wasn't really expecting that. And truth be told, tennis isn't like Sumo Digital's strong point, so it makes sense that the game isn't, you know, like perfect masterpiece 10 out of 10 game. But the um, mini games in there, like Puyo Puyo, and um, you can play... Ah, what game is it? Um, virtual. I know Virtual Cop's in there, but I'm trying to think of the other game. It's. I feel like it's Afterburner, but I'm not sure. Yeah, you can play all them with a tennis racket, which is really fun. And the mini games are fun. The sort of variety in the Planet Superstars mode is quite fun. The you know, if you're playing it with friends online, like in the 360 or PS3 versions, I'd recommend that because it is a good laugh with friends. We have done a few Radio Sega meetups on that. Me, I, I, J no, not Jamie. Me, I, I, Rapid Run, and Ravseek. We've all played it. I was dreadful at um, tennis, and uh, I was sure to, you know, Ravseek was sure to tell me how bad I was at tennis. So uh, thanks, thanks for that, Rav. Um, overall, I'd rate the game about a 3 out of 5, especially considering the price point. That's one thing about all these games. The price point is very low, and you know, it's a good few hours. Or you get a good few hours out of these games. With friends, you get even more, but like, you know, for, for like 2 or 3 quid, you can't really go wrong with any of these games, because, you know, they're short bursts of fun. A perfect sort of price point for short bursts of fun. So, I, overall, I'd give Sega Superstars 10 is about a 4 out of 10. Uh, Sonic and Sega All Star, uh, sorry, Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. This is the newest game in the series, and this is fundamentally, as I mentioned, the best in the series. You know, the mechanics feel the nicest. It feels the most polished in both the music and the gameplay department. It just feels a lot more, you know, polished, as I said. In that, you know, some of the other games, the presentation was a bit sloppy. This game presentation is pretty much spot on in all regards. Uh, the racing itself, the the cars have a lot more weight to them, which you know you wouldn't think is good, but you know they actually feel like real cars rather than the first game where you know you were like a, a literal feather when you were doing tricks in the air. You know it took forever to come down, and yeah, just in general the mechanics and the sort of feeling of the cars is much improved over the original. Overall, I give Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed about a 4.5 out of 10. A pretty solid game, all things considered, but, you know, should you play it over the next game, which is Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, the original. As I mentioned, this is my favourite in the series for many reasons. My main reason for picking it as my favourite in the series is because 
Unlike Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform, which feels like a very sort of modern, modern kart race, like you know Mario Kart Seven slash Eight. You know, it feels like it. The time it was released, 2010, uh, the 2010s. Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing, which was released in 2010, feels like a Dreamcast game, which I love. It feels like a Dreamcast racing game, just with Sega characters. You know, the mechanics just feel like it's straight off, like you know, Looney Tunes Racing or whatever for the Dreamcast. It's just amazing in that sort of respect. How well it like sort of mimics the old style of kart races rather than the new style of kart races. Uh, the tracks. The tracks themselves are very fun. They tend to reuse the same motifs a lot, which is something that the second game did a lot better. In that the second game, um, every track, even if there were multiple tracks per series, every track was a different location. Whereas in this game, there's like three tracks for Seaside Hill, three tracks for Shibuya Down, not Shibuya Downtown, three tracks for Tokyo Toe, three tracks for Monkey Ball, all that sort of thing. Like they were very similar tracks, all of them in this game whereas they were a lot more varied in the sequel but I sort of like that in some regards but you know the tracks themselves are very well designed the original music for the game is very good and the obviously the selection of old music is the selection of old music is stellar you know they pick the best of Sega music 24-7 perhaps? Uh, we got quite a few um, quite a few messages in the discord which we'll be getting to in a second thank you so much to all you guys in the Discord. But overall, I would rate Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing a 4. It doesn't quite hit the same level of quality that Transform does, but at the same time, it has a lot more charm, in my opinion. And also, I just find it a lot more fun to play. There's a reason I have 300 hours in the game combined between all versions. That's the most I've ever spent in a game, by the way. It's just... It's that good of a game, in my opinion. And finally, the same game, but for DS. Um... The game itself is actually pretty good. You know, most like DS ports of console games aren't particularly good. That still stands today. Because uh, there was also Sonic and All Stars Racing Transform for the 3DS, which is a pretty terrible port, all things considered. But this one was actually okay. It replicated the console game pretty well. But obviously, you know, not perfectly because hardware limitations. But it sort of does its own thing while trying to replicate the style of the console game, which I like. It's. There's no real way to describe it, it's different enough to keep it unique while still sticking to the original source material. Also, the main thing about this version is the music, because obviously, oh, Sega Superstars Tennis on the DS just basically use lower quality versions of the original tracks. This game goes out of its way to create completely new tracks, in different sort of sound fonts and different styles. I'm not going to be playing it today because I play this track quite a lot. But um, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing on DS has a remix of Can You Feel the Sunshine, which sounds straight out of Mega Man X, you know, like the Capcom, the Capcom sound font from the 90s. It's so awesome, just straight out of Mega Man X. Amazing. But yeah, that's the thing, like, every track in this game, you know, is remixed to sound completely different, and in a completely different style to the original track, which I love. Um, aside from that, I'd probably give this version a 3 out of 10. You know, it's a pretty decent port, but nowhere near as good as the original, but it's, you know, it's pretty good, all things considered, considering the situation. 
So anyway, that was my little rambly bit right there, and I'm going to read um, everything that you've obviously been saying in the Discord, radioseg.cheerful slash Discord, and there you can send us messages, or you know, you can send us messages through any other of our communication methods, you know, if, if you want to use old tech, that, that works as well, I guess. Uh, Skyblaze says, Turns out one of the guys who lives in my flat complex works for Sumo Digital and worked on Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed and used to work at, as QA for Sega. Interesting. It's like sort of interesting when you see people from the gaming industry sort of popping up all over the place. Then again, aren't the Sumo Digital guys sort of based down that way or could I be wrong? I don't remember. They're either based in the south or they're based in the north, I think. I, I don't know. I can't remember, but... It's just weird how like people from the industry just sort of pop up all over the place in um in just real life, I guess. Um obviously going back to the Sega versus Nintendo war. Though Anne says consoles wise I like Sega best. But software wise there are five I could list off the top of my head who interest me more. Unless Sega starts suddenly doing something really awesome like translating Dragon Force 2 or making a Fantasy Star 5, in which case I would actually legally change my religion to them. You know, if Sega made a game that we all loved, who wouldn't change their religion to Sega? You know, the census is easy to lie on, therefore we could legally change our religion to the religion of Sega. You know, I accept Yuji Neka, or just the Sonic team as a whole, as um, my overlords in that case. And um, Jamie says, is Doan still ignoring the later PS games because, you know, they're different to the original Fantasy Stars. You know, Fantasy Star Online is nothing like the um, real Fantasy Star games. Uh, Doran says, any, well, I'm not going to re legally retrange my religion to someone just for any old tat. It's probably good hours clock for a game. Done that for Z. Oh, going back to the, going back to my um, time spent in Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. Doran says, it's pretty good time, pretty good hours clock for a game. I've probably done that for Xenoblade. Maybe, maybe Final Fantasy Tactics Advance was going through my obsession with it. Um... Jamie says, non-RPG game-wise, the most I've clocked in the game, or the most I've clocked in a game with Portal 2, is 30 hours. 30... Uh, the most I've ever clocked in a game on Steam is Sonic Adventure 2, which I clocked about 70 hours in. It... I, I've played that game way too much. Let me, let me check my Steam live on show to prove which game I have played the most, because I don't know if Sonic Adventure DX has overtaken it now. I do have quite a few hours in Sonic Mania too. Um, I have 82 hours in Sonic Adventure 2 somehow, and 67 hours in Adventure DX. I don't know how, but I do. You know, my <laughs> my least favorite game out of the two has more hours. I'm not really sure how that happened, but still. Um, but yeah, most I've ever clocked in the game is 300 hours, which is between all versions of Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing, which is like four different versions at this point. Um, Skyblaze says, yes, they are actually based in Sheffield. Oh, there we go. Now we learn a new fact. And I think... Uh, I think a lot of the arcade machines, because I forgot to mention this, there were arcade machines for Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing, but like for none of the other games. I think a lot of the arcade machines were actually based in Sheffield. Or they... Or most of the arcade machines for that game are now around the Sheffield area rather than spread out, because I don't think I've ever seen one. Uh, Ancient Light, or oh, sorry, Ancient Light says, I have 150 hours in SO2 Battle for the GameCube. That is quite a lot of hours, but considering you got all the emblems, that makes sense why it took you so long. 
you know, I, I haven't gone for all the emblems on Sonic Adventure DX or, or Sonic Adventure 2 on Steam, which is why I'm sort of a bit confused as to why I had so many owls in that game. Uh, Skyblade says I've been a World of Warcraft player since vanilla World of Warcraft. I shudder to think how much time I spent into that. I was a hardcore Diablo 2 player for years. I, I don't get into those sort of games because I know, uh, truth be told, I'm not particularly interested. But if I was interested, I know I would never escape. Same with MMORPGs, that's just why I don't mess with them. Ah, Skyblaze brings up an interesting fact. There's an ASRT machine in Whitby, of all places. I honestly never knew there was ASRT machines. Let me look this up before we go into another song break because I've been talking for way too long. I didn't know that there was an arcade machine for this game. It's true. Uh, machine. Um, I'm seeing a lot of images of the original, but I'm not seeing any images of Transformed as an arcade machine. The original arcade, or the arcade machine from the original game, looks really cool though. Like they've updated like all the graphics and HUD and stuff. To obviously accommodate the arcade stuff. If I could see one, I would love to play one in real life because it's such a good game. It's it's my absolute favorite racing game of all time. You know, play it for hours on end every single time I pick it up. Uh, Skyblaze says might just be ASR. I might just be misremembering. It's a possibility. Who knows? But anyway, um, I've been talking for long enough. We're gonna get into some more music. So this is a track which we don't have on the 24/7, but I've uploaded and hopefully will be coming up on the 24-7 soon. So, um, played as played in the Virtual Cop stage in the game, from Sega Superstars Tennis, this is Arms Black Market, right here on the Topical Resort.
Welcome back to the Topical Resort, right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard there was from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing DS. That was the DS's remix of Supersonic Racing. And before that, from Sega Superstars Tennis, that was Arms Black Market, which plays in the Virtual Cop stage of the game. And now, as you heard from our lovely announcer lady, it's of course time for the Topical Thesis. And the Topical Thesis where I take an opinion that I've heard from the Sega community, or I've come up with, I give you my opinion on it. I give you three points for, three points against, then we come to a justified conclusion based on my arguments, and then I read out your opinions on the statement. So, today's statement is, should Sega attempt a crossover platformer? Now, I went for this one because I've actually already done a topical thesis on Sega Superstars, 
back in the 2010 episode, which was, I don't remember what number that was, but back in the 2010 Sega Games episode, and um, I thought, well, I've got to do something related to Sega Superstars for this uh, topical thesis, of course, so I instead went for the obvious one, which many people asked for, they just said, why didn't you just do a platformer in the first place, you know, a crossover platformer would be perfect. But, you know, they didn't go for it in the end, uh, for whatever reason, I don't know, but, because obviously it would have been a gold mine. but at the end of the day it was their decision, but we're going to be taking a look at as to whether that would have been a good decision, or a bad decision. So, my three points for, my first point is, Sega has a rich history, and many paying customers would like to see that rich history returned in a new game. Yeah, they have many customers who've been around since back in the day, and I'm sure they would like to actually, you know, see some of the games that they grew up with return, they'd be quite happy to pay for, you know, a new console to play that game on, or, you know, the game itself, obviously. You know, you have paying customers who are willing to see your history come back, why not at least do something with it, and why not, you know, on top of that, do a cash cow at the end of the day, because let's be fair, that's what it is, because you can target multiple audiences with one game, not all that bad. Uh, many Sega characters would fit into a platformer environment, you know. Sega obviously spanned many, many, many different um, genres. They have a lot of platformers, and platformers is like the main one they're known for, because obviously Sonic's their mascot, and you know, in the past they've had Alex Kidd and other platformers. <laughs> but my point is, even if the characters weren't built around platformers, there are still quite a few characters that would work in a platformer setting. You know, I'm not going to give examples, but you know, obviously they could have like different tailored abilities. I wouldn't want it to be like Sonic Boom, the Sonic Boom games in that, you know, characters are only useful for like one section where you need to use their exclusive ability and then you never play as them again. But you know, like every character has their advantages and disadvantages, sort of like Sonic 3 and Knuckles in that way. But you know, characters have different routes and that sort of stuff, and now I'm being a bit ambitious, but you know, that's how you drive up price, and that's how you also drive up replayability and high review scores which leads to more purchases. And uh, it can also include a range of popular and unpopular characters, with the popular characters being able to push and sell the game. You know, it's an opportunity for unpopular characters or characters that proved to be unpopular in the past to get a second chance, because at the end of the day it'll be like the big names like Sonic and Knights and Super Monkey Ball that'll be on the box. Whereas the smaller characters will just have like, you know, cameo roles or, you know, very small gameplay roles. And if they're successful, or, you know, if their appearance is successful and people like them, despite the fact they didn't like them the first time around, then, you know, it can kickstart a new franchise, which isn't all that bad, because at the end of the day, more franchises means more money, because that's all what, that's all the video game industry is about at the end of the day, more money, which then leads to good games, because they can afford to make good games. But however, I now come to our three points against. The quality would vary, as many different teams would be capable of handling the project. You know, it's not just like Sonic Team would be the only ones capable, many different teams in Sega would be capable of making the platform because they made platformers in the past. So, in that respect, it's sort of a mixed bag, because in recent, in recent times people haven't been too keen on Sonic Team in regards to what they've made in terms of platformers. And there are many other uh, divisions of Sega that probably wouldn't be fit to make a platformer. But there are so many divisions that could make this game, the issue is which division would make this game and how good the game would be. Um, it would also stop Sega from coming out with a completely new franchise, you know, they're going to be putting all their resources into old franchises again, 
they're not going to have time to make anything new. They're just going to have their full focus on the past, which I'll talk a bit more about later in a later point. But um, uh, this later point, the final one, my final point is Sega focuses too much on the past nowadays. In past years, they are very good. You know, they always look to the future. They always look to be the innovator. You know, don't look back. Look forward to the future. What can I do to improve the video game market? But in recent years, as in recent as in like the past two to three years, they seem to be very... Oh, the past two to three, I mean the past five to six years. Since the 20, start of the 2010s. They seem to be very reliant on their history. Obviously they have a very rich heritage, and I get that. They were never reliant on their history before, but they've become reliant on it now to the point where there have basically been zero new franchises minus mobile game franchises within like the past seven years. That's sort of an issue, that's an identity crisis if you're only relying on old franchises and collections and, you know, rehashed games, because, you know, as much as I love these games, Sonic Generations and Sonic Mania, at the end of the day, are mostly rehashed in that they reuse old assets, and the whole point is, look guys, this is what we used to be. Please. Please, like us. Please. But, I think they focus too much on the past is the issue. You know, they need to look to the future like they always did in the past. And a platformer game that focuses around all their past sort of creations wouldn't be the best way to look to the future. So in conclusion, in comparison to other gaming companies, Sega has such a rich history, it has so many different and varied franchises, and yet it never uses any of them, up until recently. I believe Sega has been focusing too much on past franchises within the past 5-6 to six years, remakes and, and reimaginings since the start of 2010. And although I love the games that have come out of this period in Sega history, which I have dubbed the Nostalgia Age, I would much rather Sega create something completely new and fresh, rather than something new based on something old. So although the idea of a Sega crossover platformer sounds amazing and I would love to play it, I would rather say no, as I would like to see the resources used for something brand new. What's your opinion? I'd like to know. You have many different places you can get in your opinion. You can use Discord, radiose.ga forward slash Discord. And from there, you can either send a message in the public chat or you can private message it to me. I am Green Viper 8. You can send it to me on Twitter at radiosega at topicalresort or at the Green Viper 8. Send it to me in an email, topicalresort at gmail.com. You can send it to me on Facebook uh, at Radio Sega. Or you can send it to me a Radio Sega private message. I am Green Viper 8 on the forums. Just click my name and from there you can send me a message. I'm going to be reading through the lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of things you have been posting in the Discord. Um, uh, okay, so apologies, I'm just trying to find anything that's relevant to the current conversation. Uh, Electric Boogaloo is here. Hey, what's up? hey what is up, Electric Boogaloo? Uh, how are you doing today? Hope you've had, you know, a Sega-rific day. That's Andy's, you know, line. But I'm going to use it because he can't hear me right now. Unless he can. Hello, if you're listening. Um, oh, uh, there's been a Photoshop of Sega Superstars Tennis and added a sweatband, a tennis racket, and I don't know who that is in the image. Um... Jamie says, I think they didn't I think they didn't do a platform with Mario. 
because they couldn't find a good balance as a platformer. The reason they did the Olympic Games was, was as it could show them in something where everyone comes together. At the same time, Sega had the Olympic license for the game in the official Olympic Committee, but up, well, up for it as it appealed to kids. This is me trying to remember from memory. That's some very good reasons as to why that was chosen over platformers. Um, Electric Boogaloo says, what about Sega Ages? If we're talking about the games, they they always did collections, but in recent years, new games have been infected with old content, i.e. Sonic Mania and Sonic Generations, you know, being throwbacks to the franchise's history despite being completely new games. That's what they've been more focusing on, rather than just collections, which they were before, which, you know, obviously was looking back to the past, but in a different way, I think. Um. Oh, it's 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 Jarek Frederick from obviously Bowling for Soup, and I says it's a Sonic. Um, Electric Boogaloo says all I want is Fighters Mega Mix Two, Hornets versus Majima, of course, and Fancy Zone Two DX. Electric Boogaloo says I, I'd like it. Obviously, you know, I'd love, I'd love, you know, personally, I'd love a Knights Free, and you know, if we if we're lucky, Super Monkey Ball Three. But, you know, I'd like to see them work on something new. That's what Sega were always good at. They always had a brand new, fresh idea that was just completely different. But in the past five to six years, they haven't even come out of any sort of new franchises. You know, they haven't been innovating. They've just been rehashing, which is where my issue comes from. Which is why I'd just love to see something completely new rather than a continuation of an old franchise, personally. But anyway, I have been yabbering on for long enough. We're going to play some more music, and then we'll be back with the Discord calling, as well as your extra opinions, if you have any more. So we're going we're gonna to play another track from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transform from the excellent Richard Jakes, obviously. So from the Burning Depth stage, this is We Are Burning Rangers. Uh, Burning Rangers, it just repeats the title again. Right here on the Topical Resort.
Resort, only on Radio Sega. an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section, subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. Discord Call-In And welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you just heard was from Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing. That was the mission menu, which is actually my favourite theme of the game, which also, criminally, is not on the Radio Sega 24-7. That'll be going up hopefully soon, because I need to request that as much as possible. But before that, from Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transform, that was Burning Depths. We are Burning Rangers, which is an absolutely fantastic remix of an absolutely fantastic song. And we only have time for one quick call... And um, based out of these two people, who's going to be the quickest? <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest, it's going to be Jamie. So we're going to drag Jamie on right now. I'm sorry, I, I, I promise I'll get you on when we have more time. And mute your microphone, not microphone, radio. Hello. Hello, Faker. Hello, Essex boy. How is our number one caller today? I'm doing fine, and yourself? Mm, awful, because I'm talking to you. Anyway, so you have a few minutes, you have about five minutes. I guess go ahead and talk uh, non-stop about the Sega Superstar series. Well, obviously my first experience with the Superstar series was obviously with the iToy. I've got the g- game, didn't play it much. My first experience with that was on a demo which surprised me there was an iToy demo on a, an official disc. 
Uh, but my main experience with the franchise, obviously, was from uh, the tennis game, which to me, I thought it was just going to be uh, a KD style uh, tennis game with the uh, cast of uh, Sega's greatest characters, but it turned out to be a little more than that if you play. I can't remember what you called it, like that adventure mode where it brought more like puzzle elements, shooting elements. Because it had like a choo choo rocket and uh, space harrier, for instance. I'm going to um, be honest, I wasn't listening, I'm apologise. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> I was concentrating on doing something else. This is. You have one job and you messed that up. I was currently checking um, stuff which I can't exactly reveal. But uh, anyway, yeah, so I heard Space Harrier. As I was saying, that Sega Superstars Tennis, to me, I thought it was going to be an average uh, arcade-style tennis game with the best of Sega characters, but it turned out to be more than that, which brought in a sense a puzzle element, a shooting element, if you look on, was it the adventure mode where it brought Space Harry and Choo Choo Rocket? Yeah, the uh, Planet Harriers mode, it also had Puyo Puyo and uh, Virtual Drop. Yeah, I, I spent hours on Puyo. I spent a long time on Puyo in that game, it was so much fun. More than, I to, uh, more than I'd like to admit, because who cares about tennis, there's Puyo. <laughs> who cares about tennis, there's Virtual Cop. Which is the exact same game, just with tennis rackets. But it showed it was more than an average uh, arcade uh, tennis game. That is true, but um, anyway, I guess what's your experience with the next game in the series since we're on a bit of a push? And didn't really play uh, All Stars. I played what one track couldn't get into it because. Uh, to admit, I'd played Transformed before the original. I think the original is still a very good game and very easy to get into, but like, you just have to go into it with the right mindset. You can't go into it sort of thinking, oh, but it's just going to be like the precursor to Transformed, you know, it's going to be this like high-end sort of racing game, because it's not that at all. It is a very more a very simplistic style racing game. Yeah, Tra- Transformed really did it for me. Though. I, I came into it thinking it's going to be a Mario Kart clone, but it's more than your average Mario Kart clone. It is. It especially helps if you're a Sega fan, but I've had many people who don't even like Sega or who hate like that style of game but love Transformed. All I the magical want... game in that regard. All I want to do now is play the Japanese version of uh, Transformed. I know why, but go ahead and explain why for everyone else. Because Takanobu Mitsuyoshi, known as Takadu to the Radio Sega Committee, is the announcer of the game. And it would have been a lot better if we had him uh, than that generic voice in the English version, because we know the guy can speak English. What? You're turning me down? You're going the wrong way? Then he just cuts off. As soon as you try to turn off his voice in the menu. Yeah. I will say we know Takedo can speak English, so it would have been better if Sumo Digital got him for the uh, English version of the game as well. It is true, but that version was made, or the Japanese version was made a lot later than the uh, original version. It was made like two years later almost. And it also had, they replaced the Blowfish item in the game with uh, Puyo, which is a fun little fact that a lot of people don't know. 
Which is a lot better. Exactly. The, the blowfish... The items in that game never made any sense to me. It was like... Yeah, the blue... first game had, like, semi-sort of... Se no, actually, no, it didn't. It didn't have any Sega-related items. And the second one was just even more strange. It's like, what's a firework and a blowfish have to do with Sega? The thing that confused me the most uh, in terms of using it was uh, the... Was it the Hot Rod item? Oh yeah, the hot rod just everyone was thrown off by that like on the first couple of goes. I was thinking, it makes me go faster, but why is it in the end it hurts me and then I realise you're meant to use it before it destroys itself to hurt the other players. I'm like, how are you supposed to figure out in the first time? Yeah, exactly. I remember like specifically the day that I got that game. Because I had a friend who like hates Sega but was really into the first game. I just remember, like, just completely obliterating the uh, World Tour mode on Xbox 360 on the first day it came out, and he's like, what? You already beat the game. I don't even know I have the game yet, and he didn't get it for, like, another two years. But still, you know, that was a good memory. I, I know that feeling, everyone saying, hey, look, I, I, beat, I beat Sonic Mania before Jamie, but I have a valid reason why that happened. And that was obviously PC. Yeah, if that hadn't happened, I would have completed it a long time ago. I almost completed it at 3am on the morning it came out, and then I got to Titanic Monarch and I went, I'm going to sleep now. I got, to take it. I got to Titanic Monarch and I'm thinking, God, this is the hardest last second to last level I've played. I still haven't got the Chaos Emeralds in that game, to be honest. I didn't really find Titanic Monarch that hard, honestly. I died a couple of times to like the the um, sections where you can get crushed by the ceiling, but that's really about it. It was mainly fighting Eggman because I, I was confused at first, thinking, do I have to destroy the other two uh, uh, hard-boiled heavies? But it turns out you just need to defeat Eggman like you usual. Yeah, I was gonna say honestly, I never had any issues with that boss. That doesn't mean it's easy. But I just didn't have any issues with it. I had more issues with the oil ocean boss than I did with that one. I hear a lot of people say the same sort of thing, the Oil Ocean boss was the most difficult one. That, that one's a, as much as I hate Oil Ocean, that one I had no problems with. Eh. Anyway, we're getting off topic, so anyway, any final words about the Sega Superstar series? Sega Superstar, it, the series has done amazingly well as a crossover franchise. Uh, like you were saying earlier, Sega doing crossovers with other games which they've technically done thanks to Bandai Namco for the Project Cross Zone games. That's uh, but, true. But it would be nice to see him attempt another crossover, a different franchise. Maybe at least put another platform in consideration with Nintendo because people still wanting it and it's something that still could really be done officially. Very true. Anyway, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. Any like final, final words before I track you back to the shutout? Uh, I get off the airwaves now so we can have... And that is where I cut Jamie off. So thank you so much, everybody, <laughs> who um, was participating in the Discord call-in. I, I know I, I wanted to call in, but unfortunately, just because, you know, we were short on time, I went with Jamie because I knew I could <laughs> fit him in in five minutes. But anyway, we are now going on to the Toppy Mix. And the Toppy Mix is one, one Sega track re not relating to the topic of the episode, one remix relating to the topic of the episode, and one non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. However, um, the non-Sega track 
is slightly related to the topic of the episode by complete coincidence, so ignore that. And anyway, we're going to be getting into the Toppy Mix right now, and it this song is just an absolute classic for me when it rains. You know, you've got to listen to it whenever it rains. It's, um, I, I guess, get your umbrellas out, all that sort of stuff, and um, get your rainbows ready, because um, here it is, Reverse Rainbow from Hatsune Miku, Project, Diva D- Project Mirai DX, right here on the Topical Resort. Let's get scratching. The Toppy Mix.
go off the rails Don't you know it's time to raise our sails It's freedom like you never knew Too fast for a pass Say a word, I'll be there in a flash You could say my hat is off to you Jump up, don't be scared Jump up and 
Welcome back to the Subcore Resort, and it's speaking incredibly fast because I'm about to overrun Sega Mix Drive. What you just had there was from Super Mario Odyssey, that was Jump Up Superstar, which was not intended at all, but there we go. For that, from Sonic and All Stars Racing, Transform, that's Sanctuary Falls, which is a remix of Sky Sanctuary and a remix of Back in Time from Sonic R. And for that, from Hatsune Miku Project, Diva, Project Mirai DX, that was Reverse Rainbow. And that's brought us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. As for next time, next time we will be taking a look at Sega games on the Game Boy Advance. We'll be jumping back into the world of Sega games on handhelds, which we haven't done since episode 10. So, you know, have a good look at them, and obviously I will see you guys again next week. Uh, enjoy Sega Mix Drive with Rexy, and I'm going to leave you with one last track from Sonic and Sega, from Sonic and All Stars Racing Transformed. This is Race of Ages, main theme from Space Harrier. I've been Green Viper 8, thanks so much for listening, and as always, stay topical.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.